the biblical call to give an answer for those who inquire about the faith. We are always prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within us. This is your life. This is who you are. This changes the way you understand yourself as a human being and every other human being. It changes what you mean by justification and adoption and sanctification and glorification. And it changes what you mean by why we do what we do in gospel ministry and in righteous living. Everything is changed when we understand the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Hi, I'm Chablani Mayberg. And I'm Isaac Pinto. We are associate pastors at Central Baptist Church. And welcome to our Theology Alive podcast, where we look to engage theology in the church carried out in the culture using a Christian worldview. Well, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, welcome once again to the Theology Alive podcast. I have no idea what that was. Listen, they are used to the same intro. I just thought we'd throw something slightly different there. Oh man, it's not just a spanner in the works. It's a whole bomb. Um, but look, we we are excited to be back once again to um, chat about the whole topic of deconstruction. Mm. Um, and we've been listening to a lady who is a deconstructionist. Mm. Um, and um, she's made some very provocative um, statements regarding the person of God. Um, and, and last week, we con- well, last time, we considered, uh, does God have an ego problem? Mm. Um, so if you haven't caught that, you can just listen to our previous episode. Um, but today, we have a different um, conversation on the table. Uh, so let's listen to the last uh, part of her three-part series um, on God. They're going to be mad at me like I did it. But let's talk about the out-of-pocket sacrifices in the Bible. Part three of why the Christian God has an ego. And remember, your cognitive dissonance will deactivate your critical thinking when you're triggered. So I'm not offending you. You are just upset. And as always, I'm not here to challenge anybody's beliefs. I'm simply here to state why the shit sense to me minus the obvious fact of why did god need sacrifices in the first place because if you made everything why would you not just make more or why wouldn't you figure out a different way of corrective action versus having to kill people but cain and abel abel brings fat from the firstling of his flock cain brings fruit from the field that god left him to tend and god was like "Mm, i have no respect for this offering cain but abel i'm with it you needed a baby animal to die you didn't like fruit? Or we could talk about Elisha walking through the city and some children start picking on him talking about baldy, baldy. So Elijah turns to them and he curses them in the Lord's name. And there appeared two female bears that mauled 42 of the boys. <laughs> God, are you okay? We got the good and faithful servant Job minding his business. And God was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna put a bet on his head. And all of a sudden started whacking his family. Job's like, God, did I do something? No, remain faithful to me because everything that I take from you, I will give it back tenfold. Why (laughs) was that necessary? That's like God killing off your family and being like, don't worry, I'll give you a new spouse, 10 times as many kids for what? For what? Sodom and Gomorrah turning Lot's wife into a pillar of salt because she looked back at the house that she loved as he destroyed it. And the craziest one of all, sending his son to die. He sent him down to the gates of hell to retrieve the keys. Why does hell even have keys? Why did he die for our sins if we were still sinners? Y'all keep saying we made sin with free will. 
We were predestined before the foundation of the world, according to Ephesians 1, 4, to be holy and without blame. And before y'all say I'm butchering the interpretations, if the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord standeth forever, then the word of the Lord should not be able to be altered or tampered in any sort of format. And it has been time and time again. Well, there you heard it. Uh, a lot of things that um, if you uh, are a Christian, probably made you cringe um, uh, man, look, we, uh, I, we, I have to listen to it a couple of times before, yeah. before we, we prepare. Tough. And again, just want to reiterate how vulgar the original video really is. Um, and we pray every time that when we do release the videos that we don't uh, mistake, mistakenly leave the, the, the vulgar on there. But, mm. um, it really, it really is bad. But, you know, I was, mm. I was preaching this past Sunday on the uh, on the idea of um when whenever whenever you see idolatry in the bible or even in life it is slowly followed by immorality mm. and i think a, a reality that we need to know and understand is when whenever even even us as christians when whenever we think about god incorrectly Mm. Idolatry is right behind us sure. because the when 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 we twist or distort the person of God, his his character and his ways, then then the result of that is usually we fall into sin because we we misunderstanding the the the, the great holy God whom we serve. So mm. uh, you do want to ensure that the God that you believe in, the God that you who is keeping you standing is in fact the God of the Bible as he's revealed himself yeah. to us. So just before we jump into responding to, to her, I was chatting to one of my old lectures um, and he's a doctor and, and he was actually telling me, uh, encouraging me to go on TikTok. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, and, and as we were chatting, you know, I actually... Uh, we we ended up talking about this about you know just the amount of influencers, um, uh, kind of supporting this deconstruction, um, and it is becoming kind of trendy and common of people just de deconstructing from the faith, and it's out there you know and and TikTok is one of the platforms and and other platforms as well, um. But one of the things that he was pointing out was, like, we as Christians, we ha we have to engage. And this is what we're doing, right? We we are engaging. But sometimes we, like, we get too late to the party, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You know, like, we were at some point probably very hesitant to join Facebook. And now yeah. everyone is, you know, and the same, same thing now... I think it's there a COVID is to get churches on Facebook, right? Right, um, but now, like now, there are new platforms, and mm. and obviously there are the dangers, and yes, yes, and yes. we and Pastor Charles even spoke about this a little bit on uh, at the hill on on Sunday, um, and and we have to be aware. But as I was, the more I was thinking about it, is like where where do the Christians go in terms of going to the square mm. right and i think in this modern world that is definitely it in terms of um 
people just don't get around sure. much anymore, sure. you know, to have conversations like this. Um, sure. And a lot of this happens in Twitter or Instagram or, or Facebook or whatever. Mm. And, and I think I'm not advocating for those platforms. I'm advocating for Christians engaging yeah. the, the culture. And this is what we are trying to do. I mean, I think we've said it on this podcast before, but um, we uh, Christians, when when um, it's either we said on the podcast or you and I were chatting about when the um, mega churches were coming up and the pros- the health and wealth prosperity movement was coming up, and they were taking television and they were hitting the our TV screens with TBN and. Um, I think uh, there's also something on on MTV or, or whatever. There's faith TV, uh, faith TV, and and all these things. The the mega churches took on these platforms, and the majority of them are the prosperity churches, mm. and uh, the the conservative the conservative evangelical approach to this was no 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 media is bad, so we we want to move away. So, so for for a long time, the, 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 there was almost this vacuum, and then and then we get um, the likes of um, uh, John Piper, who then started utilizing mm. media when he started putting out things on Desiring even, God. Even RC Pro, RC Pro, he was taping, out. started taping his lectures before yes. anyone, and yes. in the beginning, he was heavily criticized yes. for that until. Everyone was asking for it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then John MacArthur as well. Right, right. Um, and then Mark Driscoll also jumped onto that, um, mm-hmm. although the, the end result was different. Just to show that the dangers are there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. The dangers are there of becoming a, cele- a celebrity. The dangers are there yeah. of growing a huge following. Right, right. And that puffing up your head. But um, I think you're right. We do need to go into the square. Uh, we do need to... Um, uh, be ready to give a reasonable, a reasonable defense for the hope that we have in Christ. Mm. Um, but that's not why we are here right mm. now. Um, so she speaks about what does God have against fruit? And what, what is she referring to? Well, Genesis chapter 4. Mm. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again, she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep and Cain, a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of, and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering. But for Cain and his offering, he had no regard. So Cain was very angry and his face fell. And the, Lord, and the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your face fallen? Verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. And we see later, Cain will go on and kill his brother Abel. Mm. So, you know, it's such a simplistic way which she puts this uh, in in terms of Cain's offering and and Abel's offering, and and I just want to supply two two reasons why she's is wrong, and one of them is an inference, and I think a correct inference uh, from the text, and and the other one we see sit in Hebrews, so. The the first one is that um, I believe, and it's not 
far off to infer that Cain knew what was to be done mm. and in what manner. Um, so in, in verse 6, God says, If you do well, will you not be accepted? Um, and um, I remember years ago uh, in college, we had to, um, in our preaching class, we had to choose a sermon uh, from someone and kind of evaluate and point out what, what they're doing. And I remember choosing a sermon from John MacArthur and he was preaching on, on the faith of Abel. And he was speaking about this, that it was it is not far-fetched to think that Adam and Eve had told them what had happened in the garden, had told uh, Cain and Abel, this is what God did. Mm-hmm. He covered us. Yes. An, an animal was was sacrificed so that he covered. So it is not far-fetched to think Cain knew what was um, what what was required of him and what was he to do. But but uh, but secondly, in Hebrews eleven four. Um, it it says that um, the, the one reason why it was acceptable it's faith. Mm. Abel had put his faith. It was an offering done with faith, mm. not in any regard. Yeah. And 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 this is remarkable because um, Abel is the first one that um, has, in a sense, a uh, um, is the first one in, in terms of putting his faith that is not by sight. Adam and Eve had, uh, you know, walked with God and, yeah. but not able. And sure. he he, uh, and this is kind of uh, a precursor to all of us. You know that we will put our our faith um, in God when we walk by faith and and not by sight. Sure. I, th- I find it interesting. I mean, um, even even Jude um, one eleven, um, we see woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error, Balaam's error, mm. and perished in Korah's rebellion. So, so there is uh, there is this 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 reality of um, Cain knowing very well what God has expected for worship, knowing very well, um, man, Pastor Charles did su- such a, a great job um, in in the first two commandments, just talking about um, how uh, um, we we must worship God, but there's also a way to worship God. So, so, so the manner by which we worship God is important, and that we worship God is important. Both, both are important. And I think... What what we can le- what we can learn from from Cain and Abel is is that God God has said in His Word how He wants us to worship Him, and I think when we when we consider now this this issue of Cain and Abel, uh, the 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 issue of faith is number one, but there's also the 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 issue of of 
if you see Cain's response, you can immediately see uh, how sin was already crouching at, at the door, ready to devour him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cain's, Cain's, Cain's offering, though it was um, from what he did, and though it seemed genuine on the outside, I think it's important for us to realize that the God we worship sees our hearts. Mm. And, and mm. the problem with Cain's worship was a problem of the heart. Right. You know, Sunday mornings are filled with people who have come to worship God. And they come to worship God with their different gifts. And some of them come to worship God in different ways. But I think it's important for us to recognize, especially in, the, in a society that is looking to deconstruct, that, that there, there are some fundamental things that we cannot deconstruct when it comes to a worship of God. One, people are trying to move away from worshiping God in church. And they forsake the gathering saying, hey, I have this personal relationship with God, so therefore I'll, I'll worship God at my place. Or I'll worship God watching a sermon online. Or uh, I'll worship God um, listening to worship music. Or I'll worship God just by reading the Bible at home. Nothing is wrong about those things. But those things cannot replace the, the, the worshiping of God in, in, in his uh, in in the in the church setting where God's people gather together, so don't forsake the gathering. Mm. Number two, the importance of communion and baptism. You you need to partake in the church ordinances. You need to be baptized. Many 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 believers don't see the need of being baptized. You need to be baptized. You need to partake in the Lord's supper. You need to be faithfully repenting of your sins and confessing them before God. Um, and as well, you you need the fellowship of the saints, where you will be rebuked of your sin and you will be edified to Christ's likeness. But also. You need to be faithfully reading the scriptures. It's great that we have podcasts like the one we have right now. It's great mm, uh, mm. to have uh, access to sermons online. Uh, it's great uh, to, to listen to um, uh, John Piper on Read the Book where he unpacks the scriptures and he comes alive. Those things are great. But that will never replace you sitting down mm. in your closet just spending time in the scriptures. And, and I, I want to reiterate if you want to worship God, recognize that God watches your heart. God is looking for a heart of worship. And, and just to remind you of that song, I'm coming back to a heart of worship where it's all about you. Mm-hmm. It's all about you, Jesus. And I, I really hope even as we consider this, even as we respond uh, to this TikTok lady, that the issue here was not a baby animal. Mm-hmm. The issue here was an issue of the heart. And, and the reason why, maybe just to respond to baby animal, the reason why, an animal is sacrificed is because of the reality of sin. And, and I think even going through all these different things, the one thing I want to highlight that she, she so often misses is she, she seems to um, uh, infer innocence on, on, on this baby animal, on, uh, on, on the kids of Elisha, on Job, uh, on Lot's wife. That There seems to be an inference of natural innocence. But I don't think she understands the sinfulness of sin. And the sinfulness of sin requires the shedding of blood for the remission of sins. And, and, and we need to come to that place where we realize sin is a grave um, offense against a holy God. A God that is transcendent mm. in His holiness. Um, I think, you know, speaking about what you were just saying in terms of... Um, uh, uh, sacrifice and, and remission of sin. Um, 
we see that God has throughout the Old Testament just um, revealed that the covering of sin mm. involves death. Mm. And even from the first um, uh, first occurrence with Adam and Eve, um, and so the vocabulary of atonement and propitiation and appeasement, we, we just see this... Um, uh, throughout the Old Testament, and, and we'll get to to Christ uh, later. We'll, we'll speak a little bit about um, about that. But this is is the way that God has revealed Himself in dealing with an offense towards His being, who is holy. And 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 this is where where she really misses the mark is because. She's trying to portray God as, as if it was us, as if God was in our likeness. Mm-hmm. God is not in our likeness. Yep. God is holy, unbelievably holy. He is, um, you know, uh, perfect. And so it is not uh, a, a, oh, oh, it's just a small lie. But the thing is, who is a lie against? It's against an, an infinitely worth, worthy being um, full of perfection and, and holiness. And, and, and this is where, you know, she makes a wrong parallel sure. as if God was like us. Sure. So, so to, to bring this together, um, when you come to worship God, O oh believer, there is a way. There is a right way and there is a wrong way to worship God. Uh, we, 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 we cannot worship God however we want to. Um, so there is a right way and there is a wrong way to worship God. Now moving on, um, she then moves to um, Elisha. Uh, uh, young, young boys come, uh, call Elisha Baldy, Baldy, mm-hmm. and then bears come <laughs> and, and kill the boys. Uh, and, and again... Um, her response was the poor boys, the poor little boys. Yeah. So again, this is just a shallow reading of of the the context and what is happening. Firstly, the the uh, translation of of boys, you know, or or little children, that is not um, is not the the most accurate. Um, to think uh, as if they were uh, small, um, it, it the, those two Hebrew words are used to speak of uh, men uh, already um, in uh, twenty-eight years old, Isaac um, and Absalom, and and so it it's it was, and because there were a number of them, these are not like little children, uh, you know. Over, um just going around uh these were young men they they they're not um um small small children but also the the th- there is more on their mocking mm. than just what bald head I? yeah so they're not just calling uh, Elisha baldy but he, uh they're saying go up and this is a kind of a that place uh geographically you know it was a very depraved city 
where Elisha finds himself mm. in. And there mocking makes some a bit of reference to Elijah, uh, his predecessor. In other words, go up, just as Elijah, Elijah had, had, had gone up. Uh, basically, it's like you have no business here. You, um, and, um, and they are mocking maybe like kind of sarcastically. Mm. And um, one, one of the articles that, that I read Put, put it in a very interesting way um, that there is it is a bigger picture than what we we see in, in terms of what happened let me let me just read it this small story is part of the bigger story of the ongoing war between God and his worship and false gods and their worship. Elisha represented the one, this mocking young man the other. In other words, this is a small battle in the ongoing war between light and darkness, orthodoxy and idolatry, God and gods. It has as much to do with Elisha's bald head as the Exodus has to do with gathering straw for Pharaoh. Both are minor details in the major drama. In other words, God... Uh, Showing that he um, he is the the mighty God, sure. he is more powerful than um, than any other uh, gods. So there is more than meets the eye here, and it is not just about uh, a bald head. Sure. So I, th- I think I think for for me something that I think we we can um, easily overlook um so maybe a passage that, that comes to my mind is is galatians chapter six uh, let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches do not be deceived god is not mocked for whatever one sows that he will reap for the one who sows to his flesh uh, will from the flesh reap corruption but the one who sows to the spirit will from the spirit reap eternal life um i, I think I think that there is there is an important thing that I think she she may miss that I also want us to catch and and even to parents I, I I want to speak to you directly now when when you discipline your children or when you teach your children or when you raise your your children in 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 the instruction of the Lord there's there's something that's important that you need to recognize your your child's rebellion your child's um, sinful behavior is is not because they are a child. So so don't write off your child's sinful behavior on the fact that they are simply a child and that's what children do. Your your child is responding sinfully because their hearts are sinful. So I think it's important for, for us to realize that um again I I made reference to uh inferred innocence. That mm. even these were children, if if these yeah. were children yeah. Um, uh, mocking the man of God, calling him baldy baldy, um, mm. with the reference of of or reference to Elijah, uh, who had gone before him, and they were saying now uh, Elijah, who had gone before him, and they are now saying to Elijah, Elijah, you have no place here. Even if these were children, they they do not receive innocence based on the fact that they are children. What mm. what they were doing is they were also showing a sinfulness of their hearts. Yeah. Sin will always have consequences. The consequences of this sin is they will hold by bears. 
And mm-hmm. and I think we, we need to understand that, that sin will be punished. And and man, if we understand what what, what the Bible talks about when, when it talks about the, 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 the wrath of God resting in the wicked or when it talks about uh, the wrath of God will be poured out for all eternity, God God will punish sin. Sin all sin will be punished. Either sin will be punished. Um, or sin was punished in Jesus Christ for all who believe, or every believer will pay for their own sin. Mm. And and there will be those who will die without knowing Christ, and, and in their death they will then go on to eternal torment. Some of them will die through the, because of the consequences of their sins. So for example, the, 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 the alcoholic uh, who hates God, who has just drove driven out of his house um, in anger and he jumps into the car and he drives and he goes into an accident and he dies the the his his driving recklessly was a result of him being drunk as a from a result of him leaving his home after having sinned sin sin will have consequences and 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 some of the conse- well most of the consequences of our sin um, may not be when we when we are in in eternal torment we will experience the consequences of sin today. Mm. Um, so so I, I do want to make the point that um, uh, these may sound like cute little little children, um, but we've seen Isaac has shared with us that they're not. But I also want to say that mm. even if they were, yeah. the, the concept of them revealing their sinful hearts and, and mocking God and the man of God um, in, this, in this point, the, the prophet, the mouthpiece of God, um, they, they were liable uh, to mocking God directly. And God is not mocked. What, what, they, what they reaped, they mm. sowed. I, I think um, the, there's a, um, a pastor who sometimes just puts it bluntly, mm. um, Doug, Doug Wilson, and he, he goes on to say, Oh, God ordered uh, the slaughter of an entire people group with women and children being killed mm. as well. Mm. And that is his prerogative. He is God, and we shouldn't uh, apologize for it. Sure. You know, and and the the thing is, why do we sometimes feel that way? Is because we constantly putting ourselves and our morality, and our judgment as if we know better than sure, God. Sure. God sees the end from the, the beginning and the end. He sees everything, and He is perfect, and all that He does is good, and whatever He does, He has a morally good reason sure. to do that. Sure. Yeah. So then she moves on to Job. Um did God have a bet with the devil in heaven? And then Lot is now collateral damage to uh, a bet gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, th- I think uh, a, f- a, f- a few things um, that I think she she's missing there. One, God in the story of Lot teaches us a valuable lesson that he works all things out for the good of those who are called according to his good pleasure. He also teaches a valuable lesson that God is able to work that which is work out of that which is evil good. Now, some things that are important for us to learn from the lesson of Job. Job, like the rest of us, 
was always going to be prone to suffering. Um, the suffering may have not been the way it happened in Job chapter 1, but Job, because he was going to be living in a sinful world, was going to experience suffering of different sorts. But what was the purpose of the suffering of Job? The purpose of the suffering of Job was not because God had a bet with the, with the devil in heaven and now this was the consequence of that bet. The, the, the purpose of uh, the suffering of Job was, like, was the same as the purpose of our suffering today, was so that Job would look more like Jesus Christ. Now, although we, we read from the story that Job was a righteous man, God was still working out of Job the fruit of Christ-likeness through the journey of trials and tribulations. Now, I think one thing that's important for us to also notice, if you read through the whole book of Job, you see by the time you get to chapter 42, I think it is, of the book of Job, you then start to see Job coming to a clearer understanding of the sovereignty mm. of God mm. and how God works things out. Yeah. And, and yes, Job in, already in chapter 1 says, Naked I have come into this world, naked, and naked will I go, blessed be the name of the Lord. But throughout the, the chapters of Job, you see Job's understanding of the sovereignty of God just become clearer and clearer that God understands the providence of God in how God is going to work things out for His good and for mm. His glory. Mm. So, so the, the, the pathway to Christ-likeness is not, is not going to be cherries and rainbows. Mm, mm. Even for us today. Yeah. I know of many godly men and women who've experienced great sorrow and heartache because of the reality that we live in a sinful world. And the question always is, why would a good God allow for this to happen? Well, sin is the one that is, has, has brought about death. Mm. Wherefore, as one man's sin, mm. sin, um, as by one man's sin, death came, came into the world. Mm. Death is a consequence of sin. Suffering is a consequence of sin. Mm. Pain is a consequence of sin. Mm. But God, in His sovereignty, doesn't allow for purposeless evil. Mm. He works out of that which is evil, His good. Mm. So we long for the day when we'll be free from the presence of sin. Mm. But whilst we are still on this earth, we will still be in the presence of sin, but we're free from His power. Mm. We have a living hope, and that living hope is whether we live or whether we die, we are His. Just um, answering the question, um, why does good things happen? Yeah. Why does bad things happen to good people? R.C. Pro would say that only happened once and yes. he volunteered. Yes, <laughs> yes, at the yeah. cross. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I think, I think there's, there, there, there are, there are a, f a few important things we, um, are, are, well, maybe one important thing I want to point out maybe at this point is that when, whenever you ask yourself a question regarding a story in the Bible, always keep all of scripture together in tension. Hold Absolutely. them tightly in tension. Um, God won't do something um, in the Old Testament and contradict his person in ways in the new. Um, God has always been the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Salvation has always been by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so I, I want us to understand that what 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 God has given us in the scriptures, these things were written so that so that we may um, as 
so that we can understand the ways of God, we can understand the person of God, we can understand the examples of those who have gone before us and have sinned against God and how God has worked that out. But when it specifically comes to the story of Job, I want to encourage you, if you're going through some sort of suffering, mm. understand the comfort that God gives. Understand the sovereignty of God, the, the God who created the heavens, the stars, the moon, the skies, the sun, the God who created every living creature that exists, the God who allows rain to fall, the God who uh, provides us food to eat and water to drink, the very same God is is personally involved in the matters of your life. Um, his mercies are new every morning. So if you are a believer, trust that in your suffering, God is pruning you. God is is molding you into the image of Christ. The end of your suffering is good. Mm. And you will look more like Jesus to his glory. Mm. And that one day, all tears will be wiped away. Man, and we ought to be trusting the Lord even amidst uh, the sacrifice, the the struggles and, and hardships that we we face through and we are going to face through as I'm going to go through them uh, in our Christian walk. Yeah. So I'll just quickly s- just brush through um, a lot. I mean, we don't have to spend time there mm-hmm. and then we can talk about, about we'll close with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, why did Lot's wife turn into a pillar of salt? And, and she, the response that she gives is she was missing her home. <laughs> Again, this this uh, past Sunday, um, I was preaching, and in First um, Corinthians chapter ten, the Apostle Paul used the example of the nation Israel. But something I want us to understand about the nation Israel: the nation Israel, countless times, say that you rather have left us to suffer in Egypt. Um, you you should have left us to suffer in Egypt rather than to let us come and die here in the wilderness. What Sodom and Gomorrah represented was everything that was against God. Mm. And for her to look back and to long is almost for for her to say, why are you saving me from my sin? I want to go back. And and, and what what, what Egypt didn't understand that they were saying is, is they were saying they would have rather gone back to a land that God had not promised to them. They would have rather gone back to a land where they were worshipping idols of the Egyptians. They would have rather had gone back to a place where they were going to be enslaved to idolatry. And in, <clears throat> in essence, um, they, they, would have got, they would have been living in rebellion to God and they wouldn't be living in the land that God had already promised uh, to their forefathers. Now, I think it's important for us to realize that that her turning into a pillar of salt was was in direct reference to her desiring to go back into sure. sin, to go back and 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 live that life of sin that she does that she desires. So so she says she misses her home. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure she's thinking of she decorated her home so well. She had a, a cute dog. She had great flowers, great furniture. I don't think that's really what it was. Yeah. It's a lifestyle of sin that her flesh desired to go back into. And when God says, don't turn back, it's look forward to righteousness. Look forward to what I am saving you to. And don't look back. Don't look back to a life of sin. One, of the, one commentator puts it like this. She, she lagged behind. She turned and watched the flaming sulfur from the sky, consuming everything she valued. Then it consumed her. The Hebrew for look back 
means more than to glance over one's shoulder. It means to regard, to consider, to pay attention to. Scriptures don't say whether her death was a punishment for valuing her old life so much that she hesitated in obeying, or if it was a simple consequence of her reluctance to leave her life quickly. Either she identified too much with the city and joined it, or she neglected to fully obey God's warning, and she died. Sure. Yeah. So it's more than just some. I'm missing my home. The mm. <laughs> yeah. So for us, 2022, when God calls you to repent, you know, when you share when you share testimonies, when we when we teach people to share testimonies, they talk about how. Oh man, my life before Christ, I used to go to clubs. I used to be like the most popular kid. Man, I was getting all the girls, man. All the girls loved me. <laughs> I, I, I was, I was the, the, the it boy. Man, I, I remember I was the guy who provided the cigarettes. I was the guy who provided the drugs. Man, oh, bro, you'll never understand how popular I was, man. Yo, I, yo, man, the parties, bro. And then I met Christ. <laughs> now now I live I live for Jesus. <laughs> oh wow. It's like just this just the disappointment yeah, of yeah, yeah. Oh, I left such a great life behind me and now I'm pursuing this life of suffering. But what 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 we don't understand is you actually have left a great life of suffering. You left a life of death and you're now pursuing a life of life and a life eternal. So what what she didn't realize is the life that she was leaving behind was actually death. Mm. And what God was saving them to was life and life eternal. Yeah. So moving on to to Christ. Yeah. Um uh man it's that that part it just um it just bugs me, you know, and um, because because the cross is so precious to us, mm. and because um, what what the gospel is and and what the gospel means for the life of of the believer, um, so um, not to understand that this is the greatest expression of love and justice. Uh, that could ever be expressed that Jesus Christ, the perfect God, um, took on flesh and died for sinful people. Mm. Um, and this is, um, and his sacrifice brings about forgiveness, um, uh, to, to God. So, um, uh, uh, for forgiveness, uh, yeah, we are forgiven in the eyes of of God. Um, one one uh, uh, a theologian puts it like this: the theme of, of sacrifice uh, takes us to the heart of the gospel sure. and the essence of the Christian faith. Uh, in a very real sense, the theme of sacrifice constitutes Christianity. It is this which differentiates Christianity from other religions. Christianity did not come into the world to proclaim a new morality and sweeping away all the supernatural props by which men were want to su- want to support their trembling guilt-stricken souls to throw them back on their own strong right arms to conquer standing before God for themselves. It came to proclaim the real sacrifice for sin which God had provided in order to supersede all the poor fumbling efforts which men had made 
and were making to provide a sacrifice for sin for themselves mm. and planting men's feet on this to bid them go forward. Sure. Yeah. I think um, th there was also a bit of uh, misinterpretation of the text, I think. Um, she talks about God having, uh, Jesus having to go get keys to <laughs> yeah. to hell. I think she, she references. Um, again, I don't, th I think a key issue here is understanding the Godness of God. And I think mm. even many Christians don't understand mm. heaven and hell, I think. Um, in fact, I believe. Sure. Hell is not a place where the devil is in control. Hmm. Hell is not a place where the devil regulates who comes in and who comes out. Hell is not a place where Christ has to fight for the keys to, um, has to fight the devil to get the keys to. Hmm. No, 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 no. Hell was a place created by God. Hell is a place where the wrath of God is poured out on sinful sure. creation. Mm. Now, not just sinful humanity, but sinful creation. The angels that rebelled in mm. heaven will yeah. also be burning for, well, mm. suffering for eternity in the lake of fire. Mm. The, the, the devil himself will be for all eternity paying for his sins in the lake of fire. He is not going to be there stirring the pot with horns and a tail. <laughs> bad mm. cartoons have, have taught us bad theology. <laughs> that's, that's, not, that's not what's mm. happening in hell. So, 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 so when Christ died on the cross, he did not have to go into, into hell and sort of, sort of like dance and prance and say, I am victorious, I have, I have, thrumped, I have trumped the devil and now I can go to heaven. No, mm. he didn't have to do that. Uh, uh, I believe his body went into Hades. And I believe uh, his his soul his soul did he didn't have to go to hell and that's something we don't have to we don't we don't we don't realize he didn't have to, but what we will never understand this is this is a mystery that I think is worth us noting. What we will never understand is what Christ went through on that cross. Mm. So his physical death is not all there is to the death of Jesus. Mm. He drank right. the cup to the full. Right. And he experienced the full wrath of God. Mm. We will never experience or understand, I think, what that looks like fully. Because sure. we only understand it as Jesus' physical death on that cross. But what does More it look that. like mm. for Jesus to fully experience the wrath of God? Mm. When we say that my sins, past, present, and future, were were paid for by the perfect substitute, the Lamb of God who took away the sins of the world. When we say that my sins were put into His account and He suffered in my place, He died the death that I must die, He received the full wrath of God. I don't think in our finite minds we'll fully understand that mystery. For me, it will remain a mystery. It will mm. remain a mystery of how God can forsake God. It will remain a mystery. Mm. And in that, in that God forsaken God, his wrath poured out on his son. Mm. I don't know what that looks like. Sure. But I can tell you, it's not Christ fighting the devil for keys to hell. <laughs> that's, that's not what it is. Mm. But I, I do want that, even as you've listened to these three episodes, I want you to think of this lady and think of her soul. She seems to be someone who has grown up in a Christian home. 
I think she said her dad was a minister or something. Mm, like that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's really pray for her soul. The sure. devil is deceptive beyond what we can understand. Mm. He will use bits of truths filled with lies mm. to remove us from that which is true. And we've said now in two episodes, and we can say it in three, decon- the end of deconstruction is deconversion. If you if you deconstruct in the way that the the deconstructionists are calling you to deconstruct, its mm. end is deconversion. Mm. There are things. There, are, in fact, the scriptures and the gospel can never be deconstructed. We cannot deconstruct the death and burial and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. We cannot deconstruct the perfect. Mm. Uh, a penal substitutionary atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. We cannot deconstruct the fact that we're all sinners deserving of the wrath of God. Yeah. And and why did Jesus have to die? Because in his mercy and grace, mm. he chose to show us his love by saving us, by sending Christ to die on the cross for us. First John, um, man, I don't know why I closed it. I was closing the episode. Uh, First John, Chapter 1 and verse, oh, no, sorry. First John chapter 4, verse 9. In this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. In this, in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So it wasn't our love for God that motivated him to die for us. It's his love for us that motivated him to die for us. It was his glory that motivated him to die for us. Mm. So it is a great act of mercy. It is a great act of grace that requires us to respond with gratitude and praise. So why did Christ, why did God sacrifice his son? Well, his son gave his own life. His son was in full Mm. agreement with the plan of the Holy Trinity. Yes. But however, this sacrifice was given so that we could have life. Amen. Amen. And, you know, we must also remember that um, the gospel, it is foolishness for unbelieving. But for us, it is the power of, of God, you know. It, it is, um, that's why those that are deconstructing is like, you're not getting it. Uh, you know, and th- there's more... There's more happening there. There's a, a spiritual um, um, gap or, uh, you know, vacuum there. There is that, you know, only spiritually discerned people are, are able to discern the spiritual things. Um, but I, even as you were saying in terms of praying for her, and we've been reminded as a staff of the compassionate mm. heart of God, um, I think that beyond engaging um, with arguments, yeah. um, we our hearts need to be moved in yeah. compassion yeah. for the lost, yeah. um, and and be continue to yeah. uh, press on proclaiming this gospel that saves that that mm, that that transform our hearts and our minds to yeah. finally see the beauty sure. of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sure. So, Lord, we, we, we don't want to just be those who win arguments. Mm-hmm. But, God, we want to be those who run the race well. Yeah. And, God, we, we do pray for Jay's soul. God, really praying for her, God, that uh, you would let your light so shine upon her heart, that, God, your, 
the Spirit would turn her hardened heart, Lord, to a heart of flesh, that God, she would um, see the beauty and the splendor of the Lord Jesus Christ and His sacrifice for her sins, that God, she would come to faith in You. God, I pray for whatever it was that happened in her life. Lord, it might be that, Lord, um, there were Christians in the church who bore a, a false and bad witness of you. And, Lord, this has turned her away. And, God, we know in our theology that, Lord, she's turned away from you because of her own sinful heart. But, God, I pray whatever it was that, God, you, you would reveal yourself to her to be all that you are. Lord, you are majestic. You are glorious. God, you are mighty. God, you are transcendent, but God, you are also eminent. Mm. God, you love your people. And God, you, are, you show us mercy daily. Your mercy, God, is renewed day by day. Your grace is sufficient for us. God, we have eternal peace through the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. So God, I pray for her that she would find you. I pray, Father, that you would draw her to yourself. And I pray, Lord, that it would be the story of the prodigal son. That, Lord, one who was away has now returned. So we rejoice that a soul has been restored. Mm. We pray for everyone who's listened to this episode, that, God, you'd use this to minister to their hearts. Mm. And, God, if there's anyone who was trying to deconstruct, I pray, Father, that you'd help them to just turn back to the Scriptures. Lord, it is far better to just trust your Word than, Lord, to look to um, dismantle and, and make it into what it is not. Lord, remind us of that example of Cain. God, you have called for faith for it is impossible to please you apart from it. Mm. So Lord, won't you give us that gracious gift, we pray. In your name, amen. amen. So we trust this episode was a blessing and trust that the, God, that the Lord may continue to bless your day further. God bless. Bye. Bye. We live in a day where we think that in order to be relevant to our culture, we must be like our culture. We live in a day where we think in order for the gospel to be relevant, we must somehow adapt it to the culture and nothing on the face of the earth or in the bowels of hell could be further from the truth. We are relevant not because we are like our culture, we are relevant because we are absolutely different. And our gospel has power not because it is acceptable to carnal men, our gospel has power because it is a scandal to men. Thank you for joining the Theology Alive podcast. Please subscribe and share. Later. Let's do it, bro. Goes half an hour, bro. Let's keep this one short for your sake and my sake. All right.